Will you turn to Luke 2, 4 through 12? So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He wanted to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting the child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a major because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Zach? Great job. Well, if a group of humans today were given the task of coming up with a plan to send a Savior into the world, what do you think would happen? Probably not what God had in mind by sending just a small child into a dangerous world in the middle of this mess of humanity and livestock stench. It's not our style, is it? We would have never came up with that. What child is this? Show me Iron Man and then we'll talk. Good morning, Heartland Church of Christ. If you're visiting with us, we especially... Uh, thank you for your presence and hope you've been made to feel welcome. Thank you, Jerome, for the songs and the praise team. They're going to help me out in my sermon as well. And thank you, Zach Scott, for uh, that scripture reading. Awesome job, Zach. Here in the story of the birth of Christ, as Zach just read for us, we can learn a lot about God, especially how different God is from us. Right? No human intelligence committee would send an angel to Joseph and Mary. No human leader would take on the risk of sending a small baby child to a cruel and dangerous world. No minister would let the Son of God, Holy Divine Jesus, be born in a livestock manger. It's not our style. But if there's one thing that Christians have learned over time in their relationship with God is that God operates a little bit differently than we do, right? It wasn't Iron Man. It wasn't a superhero. It wasn't a, a computer or a robot. It was a small child.
we can get a good idea of what the missionary field was like very early on in Christianity when we read 1 Thessalonians since it was the earliest book. The letter was written to Christians in a town called Thessalonica. That's why it's called Thessalonians. Now, Thessalonica was a city, very prominent city. Uh, a lot of culture, a lot of prestige. In other words, the people living there, they probably didn't feel like they needed to change religions. They probably didn't feel like they needed to repent from any, anything. They kind of stood on their own. But Paul and his missionary team, which was made up of Paul, Luke, Silas, and Timothy, they had success with the gospel. They were fruitful. And here's why. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 says, Because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Just as you know what kind of persons we prove to be among you for your sake. Now, there's two elements here that I don't want to miss this morning. The first is that there is power in the gospel. There's power in the gospel. This means that you don't have to be a powerful person. You don't have to have, uh, you know, these gifts of flattery uh, or a smooth talker or strong because the power doesn't lie within the human. The power is in the message itself. But that, could give you, that should give you more confidence to speak it. And it's not some counterfeit message. This is a message that you can be confident that helps people. I mean, come on, it does more than help people. It saves people, right? The second element I don't want to miss from this verse, and this is kind of what we're going to focus on this morning, is they said the gospel was fruitful because of what kind of persons the missionary team proved themselves to be. What kind of persons did they prove themselves to be? Well... We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. And uh, you, you might be wondering, what are we doing in 1 Thessalonians? This is, this is Christmas Day. Well, you might be able to tell why I'm going to read this verse on December 25th. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 7 says, For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were infants, among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Now, I would say that this scripture right here contains... The, the mission strategy that, we sh that the church today should take as a whole. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. And I would also contend 
that this missionary strategy didn't originate with Paul, who wrote this gospel, but it originated with God himself, straight from the heart of God, as displayed when he sent Jesus into the world as a small child born through a virgin Mary. Let me explain that. In verse 7, Paul describes what type of people he and Timothy and Luke and Silas proved themselves to be. He says, We were infants among you, like a nursing, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. Now, if you are following along in your own Bible, I know you people still exist. You're out there, you're following along in your own Bible. Your version might say gentle instead of infant. We were gentle among you, like a nurse. Now, the actual word in Greek actually means infants. There's no getting around it. Some of the the translators put gentle in there because it does kind of make more sense in the verse. We were gentle among you, like a nurse. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say we were infants among you, like a nurse. I mean, which are you trying to be? An infant or a mother? Because those two are completely different things. But what Paul is doing is using two examples right in a row. We were infants among you, and we were also like a mother tenderly caring for her own children. So a child and a nursing mother, according to Paul, is what they tried to emulate when they brought the gospel into new areas. Does that sound familiar? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Eh, Okay, that's enough. That's all you get from me. So, if in fact we do employ a child and a mother missionary strategy, what does that look like? Well, oftentimes, in fact, six different times in the New Testament, twice in Matthew, twice in Mark, and twice in Luke, we find Jesus praising small children. And on each of these accounts, either right before this or right after this, we have stories of adults, usually Jesus' own disciples, praising themselves, seeking glory for themselves. So this is why I believe that the trait that God most admires in small children is their humility. Small children are humble. They don't have any power. They don't have any control. They don't have money. They're not greedy. And they, most of them don't have any desire for this type of thing. And this is why Paul, Silas, Luke, and Timothy approached the mission field like a small child. It's because this is the way that God approached the mission field. God approached the mission field like a humble child in humble circumstances. And you know, when it came to a lust for power and authority and money, Jesus, he never grew up. He stayed young at heart when it came to those things. So when we see that Jesus so admired humility, it should come as no surprise to us that when God sent a Savior into the world, 
he spent, sent a small child. And it should also come as no surprise to us that he used the Virgin Mary. The Bible says that Mary found favor in the eyes of the Lord. We can learn a lot about what kind of person Mary was when we read her reaction to when the angel Gabriel told her that she would become pregnant with the Son of God. Ladies, can you imagine what she must have been going through? You're going to become pregnant with the Savior of the world, the Son of God. How will you react? Well, in Luke 1, 38, this is Mary's reaction. Mary says, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Mary completely surrendered her entire self over to the will of God. She viewed herself as simply a servant in the hands of God. So when I read Paul's missionary strategy, I'll read it briefly again. We were not looking for praise for men, not from you or anyone else. We could have been a burden to you, but we were infants among you like a mother caring for her little children. We love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. When I read this mission strategy, I can't help think of the Christmas story of the birth of Christ, a humble child, to the Virgin Mary. Oh, 
can't help but wonder if Mary knew how her servant's humble attitude would change the world forever. A child and a mother missionary strategy. That's what Paul used with him and his team. That's what God used when he was on mission, functioning as a missionary. And that is what we should use as well. We shouldn't be motivated by power, authority, money, status, prestige. But we should be motivated instead by our tender care for the people, for other people. We should be gentle, humble, and patient with those we minister to. That means we get to love on people. We get to be gracious to people. We get to meet people where they're at. This is how Jesus ministered to people, right? Picture Jesus with the tax collectors and sinners. Those are the people with the worst reputations. Jesus was completely compassionate, forgiving, and patient with those people. He forgave their sins. The times when Jesus did throw his weight around was when he was hanging out with people who They wanted to praise themselves. They sought glory for themselves. Picture Jesus spending time with the Pharisees, the teachers of the law and the scribes, the religious leaders of the day. That's when Jesus really showed that he had authority. So God sending a Savior into the world is reason for us to celebrate. And we do that just so happens to be on December 25th. We celebrate the birth of Christ. But like always, we celebrate the life of Christ, the death of Christ, and especially the resurrection of Christ. Because all of those things, including Jesus' birth, fill us with hope and fill us with joy. Because we have eternal salvation, eternal life with God. It's unbelievable. But let's also remember that there are those who don't have the same hope and the same joy that we have around Christmas time. And let's learn a lesson from God that we should approach these people with humility, like a small child, not after power, authority, or our own status, but we should tenderly care for those people. May we not be motivated by power or money, but instead by our by our love for people. May we enter the mission field like a small child and carry the gospel mission with us like the Virgin Mary carried baby Jesus. Let's stand and sing our invitation song.